So what we've looked at in three messages so far, and there's only one left next week, um, we've looked at, or at least I gave a definition of, way back in the first message, of what a dream is. It's a supernatural state by which God actively communicates to us through use of images, feelings, or thoughts in order to invoke a response. And this is actually based on the biblical understanding of the word dream. And I want to caution us again, because today's sermon is all about caution, about how we approach dreams, how we look at dreams, and what links we go to to try to interpret them. And so um, if you could put it this way, we've been going down the road. Now we're going to pump the brakes a little bit. We're going to slow it down. Um, we also, in this series, we looked at uh, last or two weeks ago, we looked at the Apostle Paul's Macedonia dream, where he was trying to go north, trying to go south, couldn't go either direction, so God directed him to Troas, and then Paul has the Macedonia dream where he goes into uh, Macedonia and begins a ministry there. Then last week, Paul had a dream. God spoke to him at Corinth and said, Do not be afraid. Do not leave. I have other believers in this town. No one will hurt you. And the Apostle Paul wound up staying 18 months. Now, I have said and will maintain and believe that God created the human body. That means that God created everything within us. He created our mind. He created our hearts. He created the flesh. He created everything. Dreaming is a part of that. To deny that God does not speak through dreams is to deny not only the Old Testament, but the New Testament as well. Not only that, but there's prophecies. And in the last days, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will have visions. So there has to be something to this. It's often pushed aside. But on the other end of the spectrum, we need to be extremely careful. There are legitimate, and actually God states it very clearly in Numbers 12, 6. Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision, and I will speak to him in a dream. So when we look at the Old Testament and we look at the fact that God said, I will speak a vision and also speak to the prophet through dreams, God uses that vehicle by which he created within us to speak. But where we need to be careful of is searching for things that are outside of God's divine plan for us. Everybody dreams. That, and I set that forth in the, in the very first sermon uh, about the REM sleep cycle. As you go through the first cycle, you know, your body needs time to repair itself. So there's, there's a section in that, I think it's the second uh, phase of it. Your mind begins healing your body. That is created by God. And, and then it goes through and it goes to the first REM sleep. That's where 
the last 90 minutes of that REM sleep is where you begin the vivid dreams. That too is created by God. And then as the night goes along, the REM sleep gets longer. And that's when you have dreams that you remember. Sometimes those dreams are so vivid that you wake up in the middle of them. That was in the, the deep sleep called REM sleep. Rapid eye movement. That too was invented by God. And the scriptures bear this out. But what I want to do today is I want to put some brakes. I want to put some brakes on this. Uh, in specifically, what I'm talking about this morning is dream interpretation. And from what I've studied in this series, uh, it's very clear to me, particularly when we get to the New Testament, that there were no interpreters of dreams. The individuals that had the dreams knew exactly what those dreams meant. So there wasn't this, I need to go to this website or I need to go ask this person what this dream meant. There is an understanding uh, from the New Testament in particular that when the individual dreamed, they knew what the dream was. And I gave us two test cases both dealing with the Apostle Paul, but you go back and you look at the formation of the gospel message when the angel came to Joseph and said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because she has been impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Joseph knew what that dream meant and so forth and so on. If you look at the, at the New Testament messages. Now today, I want to say a couple of things. First of all, be, be careful with dreams and we look at the signs and the wonders he starts here by if a prophet or a dreamer of dreams in the Hebrew language this is really one thing a prophet who dreams dreams it's not a prophet or a dreamer of dreams it is synonymous with the same thing uh, the word prophet Navi means one who speaks a message from God so it's very clearly here, if a, if a prophet or a messenger of God has a dream, and we, we've looked at Old Testament prophets before. When we look at the 39 books of the Old Testament, we, we see the books of the law, that's the Torah. Uh, then we look at the books of history, and then we look at the wisdom literature, which Job is part of that wisdom literature. And by the way, we also looked at Job 33, which talked about dreams and how God speaks into the ear of man, what he has for him. Then there's the books of the prophecies, or the, the books of the prophets. Five major prophets, Isaiah, the suffering servant, the picture of Jesus Christ. And you have Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And then you have what's called minor prophets. And the minor prophets are Hosea. You remember the story of Hosea. He married a wife that was unfaithful. And God said, the wife that you have that is unfaithful is a picture image of the nation of Israel's unfaithfulness to me. And so all of these prophets had a message that was conveyed to them by God. And so Moses here is, is writing, if a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, it's an interesting play on words, uh, it's halah halom. Halah halom. And basically the dreamer, halah, 
to have a, listen to this, this is the biblical definition of dreamer, to have a series of thoughts or feelings that occur during sleep. This is not a vision that you see when you're awake. This is something that takes place when you are asleep. The biblical definition goes on to add this, a altered state of awareness in which the mind is constantly active. You are asleep, but your subconscious that God created is actively at work. Now, the halom, the dreams, the dreamer of dreams, that person goes to sleep, uh, they are in what is what we would call REM sleep. Uh, they are they are out, checked out, so to speak, in the physical sense, but in the internal sense, their body is still working. And this word halom, dream, means a communication from God. Hence where I got my definition, when God speaks a dream, it is a supernatural event in the life of the believer. But it's what we do with those events that get us into trouble. Now, you'll notice he goes on to say, arises among you, arises among you. Um, and every scholar that I studied, including myself, knows this to be not from outside the camp of Israel, but from within the camp of Israel. So these prophets and dreamer of dreams might possibly arise among you from the group of Israel, so-called speaking for God. And we go on to realize that these people may not be speaking from God at all, even though they are in the camp of the Israelites. And when you think about the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel, up, down, up, down, up, down. And whenever God seemed to be late on their end, some type of prophet rose up, to lead the people astray. This is, this is a thing when you're talking about prophets and dreaming, and you flip that over to our day, you have to be very careful not to pursue websites and not to get entangled in this big barrage of, wow, what does this mean? What did the coffee cup mean in my dream? What did this mean? No, 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 no. That's, that's not how it works. Some dreams are scattered. This is a scientific proven fact that when you go to bed at night, if you are worried about something, do you know what's going to happen in your dream? Your dream will be in some way about worry. If you are fearful when you go to bed, whatever is last on your mind will be one of those first in your dream type things. So what you think about before you go to bed may very well indicate what you are going to dream. So therefore, if you want to avoid, if you want to avoid nightmares and all of those things, why don't before you go to bed, you start looking, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated. Rather than focus, because ultimately fear Fear is a lack of trust in God. So, here you have, if these false prophets arise among you, Jeremiah reminds us, uh, I have heard what the prophets said. 
that prophecy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. I think this gives credence to what I've been saying throughout this whole series. Not every dream comes from God. Not every dream that you have comes from God. You're you may have scattered dreams all over the place. Last night I had another wild one. I'm not going to share it with you, but it was, it was wild. But when I looked at that dream that I had last night, it was because I went to bed thinking about this particular situation. It was a small thing. It wasn't anything big. But when I woke up, I go, yeah, I went to bed thinking about that. Again, it wasn't a minor, it wasn't a major issue, but I went to bed thinking about it. Not all dreams will, will come from God. Now, notice he, he goes on to say here and gives you a sign or a wonder. I, I, like, this, I like the Hebrew pronunciation for sign. Oot. <laughs> oot. <laughs> you could say, well, next time, pastor, give me an oot, and I might believe uh, the word sign there means miracle. It could be applied to something like this. Do you remember when Moses threw down his staff and it turned into a snake and then Pharaoh's magicians threw down two and God's snake gobbled them up, so to speak? That was a miracle and all the signs and wonders that happened during the plagues on Egypt. And then the word wonder, mofit. It is a sign showing great power. How about this one? When Moses led the people of God through the Red Sea, God opened the Red Sea, allowed the people of Israel to pass, but when Pharaoh and his army uh, pursued them and the army went in after them, God closed the sea. That's a sign of God's power. So when you go to, for example, you go to these websites and you start looking for what you think may be the answer to your dream. Oh, yes, I believed it. Even horoscopes do that kind of stuff, too. And you shouldn't be messing around with horoscopes. No believer should be involved with horoscope. And ultimately, if, if, you're, if, if you've had a dream and you go to a website and you go, wow, that's probably it. What, what has just happened is you have taken your eyes off of God and you have put it on man who does not know you individually, not like your father in heaven. Signs and wonders. Thankfully, Moses gives us a test. There's a test. Look at, look at verse 2. And the sign and wonder that we just talked about, that he tells you comes to pass. By the way, this is the only Old Testament verse that, that I could find that actually validates the fact that a false prophet could actually produce a result. I found that interesting. Right here, it's the only verse, only Old Testament verse that confirms that a false prophet may be able to have something come to pass. But there's a reason for that. Hang on. The word come to pass, Beit Vav Aleph, Beit Vav Aleph, and it means to have an event come to pass or an event to happen. So in other words, a, 
somebody on our website, or and we're talking about today, uh, somebody on a website predicts that this is going to happen in your life based on a dream, it may actually come to pass in your life. And there is a reason for that. And he's going to get to it in just a minute, but I have to keep holding back. I have to keep holding back here. Jesus said it this way for us. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravaging wolves. This is the second time I've said this. You do not need to be scouring the websites trying to get a dream interpretation that you had. You do not need that. I, I would say this, based on my studies in this series, and I think this is good advice. When you've had a dream, and you go back and you look at the Old Testament dreams, they wrote them down as soon as they, as soon as they woke up. So what I would say to you is this, write your dream down. Try to get all the little things that happened in your dream once you've done that, then examine your life. Examine your life. What do I have going on in my life? What, what do I have going on in my life that God might possibly want to say something about when, I, when I'm asleep that he can't communicate to me when I'm awake? Write it down. Examine your life. Is there, is there sin in your life? Is there something that you should have repented of or if it's something you did to somebody, I guarantee you God may bring that to light in a, in a dream in another way which he could not possibly do when you were awake. And then how about this? Ask God what the dream meant. There are times and there are several dreams in my life that I remember vividly. One was my call to ministry. A second one was, and I'm not trying to spook anybody, but I was walking down a trail. And it started out, I don't know why I have a lot of dreams. I just do. I'm, maybe I should be eating something different at night. I don't know. But I'm walking down this trail. It's a beautiful day. It's beautiful. And I start walking down this trail, and all of a sudden it gets darker and darker and darker and darker and darker. And up in front of me, I see a black car. And I look at that black car, and I go, I need to go around that black car. So I went around the black car and kept walking further and further, and it got darker and darker and darker. And at the end of it, it was horrific. And I woke up, and I thought about that dream because it was fresh in my mind. And what I came to realize was God was telling me that sin leads to death. It is the vehicle by which Satan uses to lead us to death. That's a great image. And it took me a few days to, why would he give me that dream? But I worked it out with God. You know how I did it? I just said, God, what did that dream mean? And of course, I went through a myriad of things, and the only thing I came up with was that that is exactly right. Life may start out beautiful, but if you're not living for Jesus and you haven't trusted Jesus, it's a dark thing you're in, and eventually that will lead to death. Now, 
He goes on to say, and if he says, let us go after other gods, ding, 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 which you have not known, and let us serve him. To go after Ahar, that means to come behind something. Aren't we supposed to be following Jesus? We follow him. We don't follow the ways of the world. This prophet has already said, I've had a dream. I can tell you what this dream is. I can tell you what this prophecy is. And I got this prophecy from God. And this is what I believe it is. And you get on these websites and you start talking to your friends and somebody that can interpret dreams. And they'll say, well, we'll tell you exactly what this means. They are not pushing you towards Christ. They are giving you their interpretation. I honestly believe in my heart that if you go to God with any dream that you have, God will reveal the meaning of that dream. And, and most of the time, that, that focuses on something in your life that you went to bed thinking about. So if you want to cut that off, then you just think about things of God before you go to bed. That's good advice. I, that's, that's not unbiblical. That's not unsound. That's very sound. Focus on the things of God before you go to bed. I would challenge you to do that. Focus on the things of God before you go to bed and, find, and, and watch how your dreams go. Set your mind on things above. If you go to bed with fear and worry and doubt and anxiety and all these things, I guarantee you something's going to pop up in your dream and I think that's God's way of having you deal with it subconsciously. My own personal opinion on that. To deal with that. And usually when you wake up, you have to, you're right there. And many of you know what I'm talking about. You've had these vivid dreams and you wake up and you're rattled. Now, try going to bed tonight and just focusing on the things of God. Maybe read a chapter of the Bible before you go to bed. Last thing. This is a very interesting word here. He says, let us go after other gods which you have not known and let us serve them. This word serve, avoid, avoid. And, and depending on the tense of the word, the verb tense, it can mean a myriad of things. Let me give you an example. If this was a qual verb, it would mean somebody that labors intently for something. If it is a nifal, it would be something that is plowed or cultivated, like in a farming sense. Serving would be actually farming, cultivating. But here, it's a hofal verb, which means made to serve. Changes the whole meaning of this verse. It's not somebody that labors. Listen to this. This is, this is key. When we're talking about dreams and prophecies, it is not somebody that labors or somebody that plows. It is somebody that is forced to serve. You catch that? You caught that, right? It's somebody that is forced to serve. Actually, what this does is it puts us in bondage.
Jesus said, truly I say to you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. So when you stop following God's way and God's wisdom and you start listening to the voices of the world, it doesn't really lead you to God. It leads you away from to God or away from God and it forces you into bondage, which has nothing to do with God. It's an excellent point by Moses. Just a small little verb stem tense changes the whole thing. I don't know about you, but we're no longer slaves to this. Galatians says, you have been freed. Don't get caught up in it again. And it's the same thing with any website promoting. And, and by the way, this was fascinating as, as well. Do you know how many dream interpretation websites there are? And even Christian dreams interpretation sites. They are on the rise. They are on the rise. Interesting. In the last days. We know from Hebrews chapter 1, we've been in the last days for a while. But all of a sudden, people, there's this movement uh, to interpret our dreams and Here's, here's the best thing to do. Be careful with your dreams and love the Lord. Be careful and cautious with your dreams. And having pumped the brakes a little bit, let me remind you again that there may be times in your life God specifically speaks to you by a dream. But I want to caution you on the other end to say that not all of those dreams may come from him. You have to be careful. Now, he says here, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet who says, let's follow other gods. Let's line up as disciples and follow this, this way of living, which actually leads you to a place of bondage. Uh, God says very clearly, mm-mm. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. God speaks to the prophets through dreams. I agree with the other scholars that this is one word describing a prophet. A prophet is a speaker of God who God communicates to through dreams. You're not to listen. Shama, take, to take heed, pay attention, or believe the, ins the information being presented. Again, Horoscopes, websites that promote dream interpretations, those are out of bounds. And by the way, if you go to bed and you sleep for six hours, you're spending um, vast amounts of time chasing down the meaning of a dream that only took 90 minutes. you have much more awake time that you can spend with God doing productive things. Uh, let me say this again, and I don't want to, I, I don't think I can overstress this enough. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. This is, this is generic. Anything. Anything that you need wisdom on. And I would include dreams. In this category if you need wisdom you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault Mike why are you asking me about that dream 
Why are you asking me about this, that, or the other? He's not going to find fault with that. Why? Because you are seeking God. You are trying to get His wisdom. His understanding. And He will feed you. Trust me. God will tell you in the moment that you need it. And He says, it will be given to you. Wisdom, Sophia. The Greek word Sophia. That means to understand something. Wow. That's, that's just simple. That's just simple. Try it. Don't believe all these so-called soothsayers and dream sites and stay away from that stuff. And then he mentions our heart and our soul. For the Lord, your God, is testing you. Now, for the nation of Israel at the time, he was talking there about the fact that these prophets would arise, these dreamers would arise, and they would say, I've had a dream, and uh, not Martin Luther King-type dream, but I've had a dream from God, and it came to pass. Well, you say, well, how can a false prophet have something come to pass? Um, the word testing there is Nisah, which means to prove something to be genuine. You know, Eugene Merrill had really good insight into this. Actually, I think it's genius. This is, this is what he wrote. If a prophet was able to produce miracles, uh, works of miracles, and urge defection from the Lord and adherence to other gods, that prophet was to be rejected. We've talked about that. For he had been granted supernatural power only to test the covenant loyalty of God's people. That's a different way to, to look at this. See, what God's really concerned about is, are we faithful to him or not? He was testing the people here to see, are you going to believe this prophet who had something come to pass? But the acid test of this is, does it lead you closer to God or away from God? In this case, Moses spelled it out quite clearly. You follow these guys you wind up in bondage. And that was where the test came in to prove if Israel was faithful to the covenant God established. Are you going to believe them or are you going to believe God? Are you going to obey them or are you going to obey God? It's very simple. Cut, cut and dry. There is no middle road that you can take. You're either with God or you're not. Isn't that true of our Christian walk? You're either following God or you're not. I've, I've heard Christians talk about the gray area. Well, to him who knows it's a sin and does it anyway, it's a sin. Very clear, very, very clear. And the reason that God tests, at least in these prophets, Allowing them to do that. And I, I love that. That's a, 
It's a great quote. He, he got that from Thompson, too, by the way, in Deuteronomy. To know whether you love the Lord your God. Ahav, love. It's based on a close relationship. We often think of God in the Old Testament as external, far away, hard to reach. But this word conveys the idea that God is close. And what God is testing is that love. The Net Bible notes this. In this setting, it communicates not so much an emotional idea of love as one of a covenant commitment. And again, I've been warning, warning, warning in the sermon about looking outside for dream interpretation and uh, any other thing that may be going on in your life. I just happen to believe that if we go to God, he'll tell us. I'm foolish enough to believe that. And in fact, when I look in the New Testament and I see every dream was immediately known. Back in the Old Testament, there were interpretations. I mean, you look at the Old Testament, there were interpretations. But that kind of dried up when we get to the New Testament. The dreams were known. There's got to be something to that. It is possible it is possible at times in our lives that God may be testing us in our subconscious realm. And when we come out of that, we have to realize that God created the mind to do these dreams. Nobody else can get credit for that. God did that. But we need to be careful with this stuff. And then he goes on, Moses goes on to say this, with all of your heart and with all of your soul. This sounds vaguely familiar to what Jesus said, doesn't it? Lord, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus goes, that's easy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And the second is likened unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And matter of fact, it comes from Deuteronomy. Deuter, second, onomy, law, second law, Deuteronomy. Heart, lavev, it's the inner person. It's who you are inwardly. This is fascinating for the Old Testament to say this. You have a God that desires a loving relationship and is concerned about the inner man, who you are. That sounds like what? That sounds like New Testament theology. 
but we find it in the Old Testament in a big area of prophecies and dreams. God is concerned in our hearts about who we are at the core essence of you and me. He wants to know who we are. The word soul is nephesh, that which breathes. Wow. The inner man that breathes. What does Genesis remind us of? That God breathed in man the breath of life. This, this, these three verses are phenomenal. Because God was intimate with his people, even though the Old Testament, it seems like God is so, so external that he can't possibly be intimate with us. He was intimate. This is what this is indicating. But what God was really after is the same thing that he's after today. He wants people who are faithful to him. Isn't that what God wants? And I see that as being faithful in all aspects of our lives, including our dreams. I realize, I get it. Dreams, you hardly ever hear a series of sermons on dreams because you think, well, it, it's, it's kind of a gray area. After studying that, I don't think it's really a gray area. Fact is, God gives us dreams, and there may be a purpose for those dreams. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you uh, the teacup magically represented something. You have to figure that out between you and the God who redeemed you. And again, I still think if you go to him and you put it to the test, does, well... I'm going to stop there and go into my last, my concluding thoughts because I've led right into it, almost hit it. Number one, these, these are my own thoughts, pastoral theology, if you will, whatever you want to call it. It is easy to get carried away by dreams. <laughs> I've heard people get carried way, way, way away with their dreams. You had a dream. It might have startled you. It might have shaken you. It might have provoked a response. I've, there's more than one time I've woke up in the middle of the night and I'm doing this. I'm running from something. We've all had those dreams. But you cannot let that dream dominate your relationship with God. So don't get carried away. Secondly, you don't need to check websites you should leave out of here today and go I'm not going to check websites anymore about dreams you don't need that what you need to do is go to God and ask him for wisdom I'm telling you he will give it when I had my dream into ministry when God when I had died in that dream and he pointed to the right he told me specifically, and you guys know I'm not charismatic, have no charismatic thought in my body, but when he said, Jesus, cut your roots, go preach the gospel, that was pretty darn clear to me what my next step needed to be. 
Woke up screaming. Audrey said, what's going on? I said, God's called me in the ministry. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. And by the way, let me just say this. To this day, when I see a tree root, I am reminded of my call to the ministry. When I went to Bible college, I went to Bible college 110%. Do you know why? My whole life is based on that dream that I had. And brothers and sisters, that image is still vivid today. That was one that I know came from God and it influenced my life in such a way that I could never even begin to think that it could possibly change my life to the extent that it did. I'll go to heaven and I'll tell God, thanks for that dream because you made it pretty clear to me. Just get off this stuff and get off the horoscope and all that stuff. You don't need it. You've got God, the creator of your body and your mind, and he can tell you exactly what a dream means. Ask God for wisdom to help you understand your dream. I've hit this four or five times in this sermon. Just ask him. You'd be amazed. God may bring stuff up to you that you've never thought of before. We do know from Scripture that dreams are given to keep man from pride. Remember that? And ultimately, pride is at the root of most sin. And also, God hates pride. So he may put you in a dream where you're in a situation where you're ha having to be humbled. Listen to that. Here's a big question to ask. Does it move me closer to God? If you have a dream, you're not looking at websites, you're not asking your friends, you're not asking your mother who's this, that, or the other. Uh, you focus and you say, does this dream that God gave me, even if it's fearful, does it point me in the direction of God? And I'm not going to be able to answer that for you. You're going to answer it yourself. So, we're going to close there. Just be careful. And as your pastor, I say this. Be careful about dreams and love God with all of your heart, your soul, and your mind, and your strength. And I have no doubt, when you do dream, God will give you the means.